Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. In the summer of 1992, a baby was born. He was around nine pounds, and he was a towhead blonde with blue eyes, and he looked just like the Gerber baby. That baby? That baby was me. And I was awesome. At least my mom said I was. And she still thinks I'm awesome. Which I appreciate. Anyway, the other day I was reminiscing about one of my favorite birthday parties I ever had. It was when we were living in Indiana in a humble and slightly haunted house. We had this great backyard with a big oak tree and a trampoline. There was this big slab of cement right off the back door and we had a little wooden picnic table. And this birthday party was all caught on tape. My dad had won an old VHS camera through a raffle at his job and so our family events started to get recorded. I remember watching some tape of this birthday and my mom with her long blonde hair and her retro glasses just herding my little group of friends and I to each game she had planned. First was a Play-Doh art contest, and then a Lego building competition, and more games. It was such an amazing day. I won everything, and I mean everything. I made the best Play-Doh creation, I built the best Lego art, I just couldn't be stopped. But now, looking back, I'm pretty sure my mom, who was the judge, let me win. Because there was no way her baby boy wasn't winning every single thing that day. And you know what? I get it. Sometimes in life, you get to make people's day. And even though I know the truth now, that day will always be special to me. But my birth in 1992 is not what this episode is about. This episode is about something else that happened in 1992. A very iconic bottle of 80 proof whiskey also came into the world that year, and it brought its brothers with it, Knob Creek, Bakers, and Bookers, all a part of this small batch collection from Jim Beam. So from Booker No came Basil Hayden. Now with four main labels, all at 80 proof, the bourbon, the dark rye, the 10 year, and the new toast, with its mash bill at 63% corn, 27% rye, 10% malted barley, toast being the outlier in this group with a different mash bill. They swapped out the rye grain with brown rice and they used toasted barrels. We consider it a high rye and Basil Hayden himself is donned the king of high rye, depending on who you ask, of course. Because as with most things in whiskey, myth and fact blend together like a great bottle of bourbon. So, Basil Hayden tonight, huh? Yeah. Basil Hayden. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying it neat just to smell. And and if I recall right, when you and I had it, I thought, hmm, this is going to be good, interesting. It smells good. It smells then, great, yeah. But the taste is was was not – did not meet expectations. I'm yeah, looking at those. the old granddad bottle right next to the Basil Hayden bottle. If you take away the labels, the bottles and the corks and the tops are exactly the same. Are they really? Yeah, those bottles were made by the same bottle maker. No doubt about it. On the nose, 
You should get charred oak and sweet notes of vanilla and caramel with hints of dried fruit. On the palate, you're going to get charred oak flavor that is complemented with sweet brown sugar, a touch of black pepper, and dried fruit to round it out. And on the finish, a pleasant, lingering charred oak finish with a touch of dried fruit. Should be golden brown and, of course, 80 proof. That's from Basil Hayden. My first taste of this Basil Hayden is pretty good. You're you're working on the the standard expression. Yep, yep, and it's uh, better better than I remembered. Yeah, I I have to say that it tastes it's better, definitely better on the palate. I remember the the finish getting to be a little bitter. Yeah, definitely, I'm experiencing that. Really? And I think that's what I found to be off putting. I almost get like a root beer on the palate of my basil Hayden. I had a piece of dark chocolate before I took my sip, so it's influencing a little bit. This is pretty good. I was just, I didn't know what the proof was. And I was just thinking it tasted, to, to your point to me, I'm not really getting bitter, but it, it's kind of light, right? Like it does, it's not, yeah, there's no it's bite, proof. there's no sizzle, there's no complexity. Sizzle. You're, you're straight up Elijah Craig or uh, Basil Hayden? No, I got a 10 year. Yeah, but Devin, it's 80 proof. So well, 80 proof. It's it's got a spicy bite to me. It definitely has like a spiciness, but I don't think it's like heat from the proof. No, it's 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 probably more wood from the age. I mean, I've had the regular and I I thought oh, that's okay. And then I got this and I'm like, I see kind of what the hype is about, the basil and ten year. Hey, you know what? I liked it better neat, Craig, than I do on the wa- on the ice cube and watering it down. It's starting to get that off taste to me. Mm. That bitterness? It's bitter. Yeah, it's bitter and it's astringent. Do you taste dill? So the dill that you taste might be the astringent that I that I think I'm tasting, right? Because an astringent is Probably a herbaceous base, right? Like, uh, like a Jägermeister is herbaceous in that. Mm. And so you're saying dill, and that might be that we're tasting the same compounds just differently. Basil Hayden Sr. was a religious man and came from money. In 1785, according to Whiskey University, Basil led a contingent of over 100 Catholic parishioners from 25 Catholic families along the Wilderness Road through the Cumberland Gap to settle on some land near Bardstown, Kentucky. And we all know that place. The story goes on to say that his family donated land to build the first Catholic church west of the Allegheny Mountains. Hope I'm saying that right. According to sources, he simultaneously started distilling. Basil Hayden would die in 1804, but his legacy would go on in the form of whiskey. Basil's grandson, Raymond B. Hayden, founded a distillery in Nelson County around 1885. His first label? was named Old Grandad in honor of his grandfather. The face on all the OGD bottles is Basil Hayden Sr.'s likeness. The 80 proof isn't anything to write home about, but the bonded is solid and the 114 is one of the best bargain buys available. If you haven't had it, go get a bottle right now. You won't regret it. Then, in 1992, as we know, I was born. And so was the small batch collection, which, like I said, contained Knob Creek, Bakers, Bookers, and of course, Basil Hayden. Hey, so Devin and Craig, I want to fess up to you guys. I got the little bottle. 
It's my. It's not just my Be big. Sure, I, you're, I was gonna say, or your hands just humongous. <laughs> Andre the still, Giant. Can you guys still Here, hear me? This Craig Bottle. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> that uh, bonded OGD. That's that's really good. I'm curious for you guys to have the 10 year after that. I wish that was in the lineup so you could. Yeah. Uh, curious if the my my curiosity is if the bonded is better than the 10 year. You know what? I kind of feel like, in my opinion, from memory, that it is just because this it's like a 10 year bourbon and it's delicious. It's like vanilla and all the good stuff, but it lacks like that low proof. You re, it's hard to like kind of taste it. It's 10 year old at 80 proof. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know why you do that. If I were them, I would have put out 10 year at, bar at barrel proof. But I guess they can get more bang for their buck, right? Like if no. they put it at 80 proof? No. Here we go. Not if it's shitty. Well, yeah, you're not going to garner a following. I mean, not. think about Knob Creek 12-year or Barton 1792 12-year. Every bottle you could get your hand on, and the next time it comes out, you're first in line, right? Yeah. If 10-year is 80 proof and it's blah, you're never going to buy it again. Well, it's good. I just like once it gets on ice, it kind of goes away. Like you don't taste. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like it already starts watered down, right? Because what is and, and then, the, and then maybe the, the ice just like putting it on the ice just waters it down more. I liked it better neat than I did on the ice cube. Yeah, I'm gonna have this next one pretty much neat. Like the ice cubes, pretty much. Yeah, neat. it's it's a low enough proof. You don't need an ice cube. Yeah. You just want it to be cold. Oh, I know we already did Old Granddad. Old Granddad 100 is sweeter. Can't yeah. believe it's the same mash bill. Yeah, right. I agree. Well, yeah, I would say like that's that's what uh, Basil Hayden is. It's just really it's really light. Even the the standard expression I think is kind of like easy drinking light. I'm tempted to call it watered down. Yeah. And not and not in a good way, right? Not like watered down where the 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 good flavor is diluted. I don't. I mean, I don't. I can't speak to the the regular basil. The ten years good. I I mean, it's it's tasty. Like getting like some tobacco and vanilla root beer kind of situation happening. I don't know about you, Dev. Well, I think you get the benefit, Alec, of you and Devin do of the barrel right and the char and it being in there 10 years and that's why you get those more complex better flavors right I, yeah. is, what, is what i think i'd rather be tasting yours than what i had basil hayden's intention was to be the lowest proof and lightest bodied of the brothers so as we wonder why they made an 80 proof 10-year bourbon that's your answer the brand is meant to serve drinkers who are looking for that lower proof bourbon in a pretty bottle it's not the class of bourbons that I, I like drinking, but yeah, it's uh like, you know, it's got a distinct enough flavor to stay around. Yeah. I think it, the, it does have a group of people that really like it. The rum one. I think that's where they, they win. Right. And the, like the dark rum, the finishes. Yeah. Yeah. Their dark rye is really good. And then they have the Caribbean, right? The rum one. Yeah, the, the rye is good. I think that What's, they're better. But don't you have the port wine one, Dad? 
That's yeah, that's Dark Rai. Basil Hayden Dark Rai. Okay. But they had one uh, that was finished in a rum cast that I'm curious about. Hmm. Is Caribbean Rye, I think they Caribbean? call it. Caribbean? Yep. yep, it's a purple label, I think. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun to try. I think that this is for an entry-level bourbon for, for some folks. Yeah, I feel like it'd be like a step up. Like, it's if you think about it, it's like Jack Daniels proof. Yeah. Yeah, so, right, it's supposed to be a, a premium label for Jim Beam, right? right. Yeah. But, but they do it at 80 proof. I mean, that's just disappointing to me. I mean, in comparison to all the other bourbons I drink, you can find Basil Hayden everywhere. That's true. Like, you could pretty much get it anywhere you go. If it was really, really good, you, you can't find them. That's true. On a regular basis. That's fair. I think there's a little bit of volume sales marketing thought process at Jim Beam. So, Basil Hayden. It's a quality whiskey. And at 80 proof, it's intended as an introductory bourbon and for people who prefer lower proof whiskey. Even at 10 years old, it falls a bit flat on the palate and lacks a long finish, but it's easy to drink and it's a crowd pleaser. At its price point of about 40 bucks, depending on which bottle you get, it's not something I personally seek. But of course, it's for tons of people. It's a great brand and it's tasty. I'd just like to give an honorable mention to the dark rye, which is actually blended with a touch of port. It drinks like a wine and is a good conduit for converting wine drinkers to whiskey lovers. All right, my fellow comrades, that's it for me. To drink is to live. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.